Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You are listening to Be Amplified, the podcast with Brie and Thais, episode 17. Hey, Amplifiers, welcome to Be Amplified, the podcast. My name is Thais. And I'm Bree Seely. We are the co-founders of the Amplify Collective, a movement aimed at radically disrupting how purpose-driven women connect and operate in the world. Because we believe it's not just what you do, but who you are that matters. Each week, join us for messages and interviews that will leave you feeling amplified and ready to change the world. Let's do this. Amplifiers. Hey, Amplifiers. Bree Seeley here. Hey, it's Thais. We have a fucking epic episode for you today. I mean, it, it is very near and dear to both of our hearts, and I think we're just going to riff it out, and it's going to be super amazing and, and super uh, content-rich for you guys. Yeah, this the topic we're talking about today is something that not only do Thais and I deal with this on the regular, but literally all of our clients... And all of our Coterie members ask us this question all the time. Literally. And it's come up so much recently. Like, we just felt so called and compelled to share it on a deeper level. Because for anyone that is a light worker, anyone that's committed to bringing bigness into the world, this is a conversation you're going to be having at some point. And most people aren't having this conversation. And we yeah. just really feel called to support everyone through this topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before we get into the topic, I know that you have a review to read. I do. We love our reviews. We do love our reviews. We love love. So for any of you out there listening and you want to leave us a review, we will read it. We will read it on air. On air. And give you back some love for giving us <laughs> some love. It's amazing how that works. Amazing. Amazing. 
All right. So this one says, good morning, sweet friend. I just wanted to tell you how much I'm loving your podcast. You and Brie have such a beautiful natural dynamic. It makes me smile every time I listen. Seriously. <laughs> it sounds silly, but I feel like I'm on the phone talking with my friend when I listen, especially not having a strong community where we are. It's been the best. Keep up the amazing work. You ladies are making such an impact. I'm so proud of you. Thank you, Lauren, my darling friend from <laughs> Jersey. You are always on my thoughts and Thank you for sending us such sweet love. We appreciate you. And it feels good to know that, you know, you, we are making an impact. It, it's just Brie and I in the closet talking to a microphone. So it feels good that this is that this is uh, supporting you and living an amplified life. Yeah. All right. So let's get into this today's topic. Let's do it. So, I, I mean, I know this is something that I've been covering with my clients for a long time, um, and it's it's the conversation of what happens when you are so insanely committed to growth in your life and basically the people that you've been surrounding yourself with for the you know years or, or months or whatever are not committed to the same level of growth. And this can hit either in fr on friendships, on the conversation of friendships, but also on the conversation of family and the conversation of a partner of an intimate relationship. And uh, there is... Uh, something that happens when we start saying yes to our own inner growth and we start awakening and understanding that there's something deeper within us that is being called forth, uh, we start to notice that the people around us are no longer the, the people we need to have around us to reach the next level. So what happens with those people? What happens if they don't join us? What happens if um, we we no longer feel good and supported around them? What, what do we do? Uh, and so we're going to dive into not only the friendships portion, but also the family portion, because we can't get rid of those so easily. Uh, friends and I mean, family members are sometimes people that must be in our lives for a reason. And so how do we navigate the tricky relationship that happens when we grow and they don't grow? Well, and even in addition to all of these things, something as simple as, you know, if you've moved out of your hometown. For me, I know that's a huge one yeah. where I feel like I'm just being put back in this teeny, 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 tiny little box and I'm so uncomfortable. And I've tried to voice before the pain that happens for me when I have to go back to that smallness um, and what, what it brings up in me and, and it induces panic attacks and anxiety. And so, you know, this, this kind of happens on a whole range of levels. Yeah. Um, and I think... I don't know. It's just something that is really, I don't know. Yeah. We're yeah. It's going to, yeah. What's going to rip on, on it. it. And, and so I did my homework and I spent on Facebook last night. Uh, and I spent a good embarrassingly two hours pouring myself into Facebook and looking back at all of the people that I have lost connections with from high school and from college and you know looking at who unfriended me and you know the people that I once thought were my best friends and who I'm no longer have any access to or contact with and the people who I've lost along the ways and I think this is a good place to start because as I was texting Brie last night going through this awful but important journey of, of going through my past a lot of feelings came up for me one of the feelings was a lot of shame shame that I'm a bad person, that I'm such a bad person that I've, I've lost so many friends. Shame of, wow, I must suck as an individual because look at how many people I've lost. Shame of um, this, this idea that when I go back to my hometown, I sh it should be a massive reunion and we should all go drinking and have so much fun and it should be this huge thing. And I know that if I were to go back, it wouldn't be like that. 
And, uh, and so we were talking a little bit about what I was experiencing and that shame. And I, and Bree said something really brilliant that I want you to share around what was coming up for me. Shit. What did I say? (laughs) Hold on. Wait, let me pull up our text message exchange. (laughs) I don't know if people know this, but I have zero short term memory. Uh, well, I, I can also remind you, you were like, um, well, why, why do we think that we have to be friends with Mm. people for a lifetime? Yeah. We live in a society where there is an expectation that we should always be friends with the people we've been friends with. And I think that that's no longer, uh, we don't live in the eight in, you know, in the 1800s anymore where you moved out of your parents' house to the, the house next door and you never really left your town. And, uh, because of, but because we no longer live in that period, we're, we're not, we didn't update our beliefs. And so we still have this idea that we should be friends with people forever. Yeah. So what I said was we're taught to never change. We're taught to stay the same and we're taught to be friends with people forever. Um, And that's really not how it is anymore. People come and go from our life as we change and shift and evolve as humans. But we have this like almost sense of guilt that we have to remain connected with people, even if we've outgrown the friendship or if we've outgrown the relationship or whatever. Yeah. And I feel like I've somehow become an expert at letting go of friendships that no longer serve me almost to the point where, where sometimes maybe I should have worked a little harder at maintaining that friend. I mean, I don't know. I I don't, I don't know. It's a, it's a, a hard conversation. I'm being very vulnerable with you guys because I'm certainly not perfect at this. And because I've let go of so many friendships in the, in the past, I have to say it, only by doing that did I open up my life for the friends that I have now. And I think that that's a really important transition of knowing that you can only fill your life a certain, with a, a certain number of people yeah. and be really present with those people. And so it, imagine if your energy was like from zero to 10. If you have 10 energy and you can only give your attention to 10 people, who are you giving your attention to? Yeah. One other question that Thais, you know, messaged me last night was like, maybe I didn't work hard enough to yeah. keep these people in my life. And I said, well, what, what, what's your line? Like, what is your line for the distinction of who you keep in your life and who you don't keep in your life? And I think it was a really poignant um, answer that she gave me because it's something I've also experienced. So do you want to? Yeah. Well, I, I basically said, I keep the people in my life that I feel fight for our relationship. And, and fight may not be a, a good word, but if I'm feeling like I'm the only one maintaining the relationship, it starts to get exhausting. Yeah. And I'm a pretty loyal individual. And when you're my friend, I, I feel like almost like a, a connection to you that is unbreakable. And so when I start to feel you back away, start to feel you no longer engaged in the relationship, it hurts me to keep holding on. And so <clears throat> if you're not fighting for it, then neither am I. I had a friend back, I don't know, probably 10 or 12 years ago, and I sat down and realized like you know of course thank god with the advent of social media I was able to kind of go back and look and be like for every seven times I reached out to this person seven times she would respond once yeah and it was such a moment where I was like holy shit it's totally a one-sided relationship yeah and then I realized even deeper she would only reach out to me at the times where she was at a low Mm. where she was feeling bad about herself and needed me to you know, pull her back up again, which we do for friends. Tice and I do that for each other every fucking day. Yeah. But when your your only communication with someone is them essentially calling you for, I always joke that like it's like a hit of the Brie drug. Like they call me to like get a hit. 
so that they feel better and that they can then move on and and go on with their life. But I don't hear from them any time in between when they need those hits. And uh, you feel used. Totally. I don't want to hear from someone just when they're having a shitty day. Yeah. Like those, though, my energy for that is reserved for the people that call me when they're having brilliant fucking days or when they want to check in and see how my day is going. Like then I'm cool supporting someone through that stuff. But if it's just a person that's reaching out to me once every seven times I reach out to them and just bitching and complaining about their life and essentially using my light and my energy to bring them back up, it's just not an equal exchange. And I am unwilling to engage in relationships like that. Yeah. Well, and I've I've been thinking, too, about the people from my past that I used to be so connected with and uh, thinking back to the type of conversations that we had and thinking back to the type of person I was in that point and what would happen if I reached out to them now. Odds are I would probably regress. And that's what often happens when we go back, when we lose contact with someone. Let's say we lose contact with our friend Amy and Amy and, and, and you were only friends for a period of high school. So if you were to go back to hanging out with Amy, odds are you would spend the entire time catching up on all of the people that you've known because that's your point of contact. That's where you guys can relate to each other. And odds are you also regress as an individual and go back to the person you used to be around Amy. And the the, cha- the problem or challenge or opportunity for growth there is that we have evolved into lightworkers and when we regress, it literally exhausts us. Mm-hmm. And usually when we leave those interactions, we don't feel good about ourselves. We don't feel good about the time that we just spent. Yeah. Right? Yep. And this is something that happens to me actively when I go back to Minnesota. And yeah. it's taken me about, I mean, fuck, it's taken me like 10 years to even put words to this yeah. because I didn't actually understand what was happening. But when I go back, I feel the need to diminish myself. Oh, yeah. And to make myself smaller. Be and back was... the Brie that lived there. Exactly. Yeah. And the Brie that everyone was comfortable with. Yes. And that for me And that maybe even up, you felt comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me showing up and not shining my light and not being the brilliance that I am today um, is really fucking painful. Yeah. Like, not it's only... like fitting a, a, a big shoe in a, I mean, a big, big foot in a tiny shoe. Yeah. Totally. And I mean, last year I had my first ever panic attack when I was back in Minnesota. I remember that. And um, it was hard. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Yeah. And I felt I and I could literally feel like the big shoe in the small like there was something inside of me that felt the need to get out because I was stuffing myself so small that my bigness just couldn't couldn't exist anymore and I I wanted to literally rip my skin off I remember I was driving um and I I wanted to rip my skin off like I have really long nails and I was really close to digging them in and like pulling because it it was that painful and it can be this way with relationships in your life too yeah who are you surrounding with yourself that's literally diminishing you back to the place that you used to be and how is that supporting you now and the growth that you're achieving and the person you're trying to be to bring your voice into the world. I mean, my my rule is I hang out with people that make me feel good. And that you may call that selfish, but I call that being the being the person who can bring the biggest impact to the world. Because when I feel good, my work lands in people in a bigger way. And if I feel good, 
the work I do influences the world in a substantial way versus when I don't feel good or feel in doubt or feel insecure, et cetera, et cetera. So feeling good for me is of highest priority. And if I'm hanging out with somebody and I leave that conversation or I leave that context not feeling good, one, I don't blame the other person because I need to take responsibility that I'm contributing to that in some capacity and they triggered something within me that I need to you know, heal and learn and grow from. I completely acknowledge that. And I don't have time for that shit. I literally don't have time to be hanging out with people that don't make me feel good. And uh, I find that to be a really good way to guide my life. Uh, and it allows me to feel good in a, in, a bigger, in a bigger way, on a more consistent basis. And it gives me the space I need to do the work so less and less people trigger me and not make me feel good. Because I'm no longer giving them permission and power to not make me feel good, if that makes sense. So first we have to remove the drug to do our own healing. And then when we can get reintroduced back into the scene where the drug was, it doesn't trigger us anymore. Does that make sense? You first have to pull out before you can go back in. And so family, that's the hardest, hardest thing. I have a quick story I want to share. Okay. Um, so my teacher, Tara Brock, shares the story of a man who went to India and he was there for like six months and he felt like he was enlightened, like, like on a humble, honest way. He was like, I feel like I've reached a depth of my soul where I can, I can be this, this being that is enlightened and nothing triggers me. And I feel really just at home in my body, all this amazing stuff. Like he was like, I feel like I healed everything within me. And then he comes back home and he goes to a family reunion <laughs> and uh, he leaves the family reunion realizing just how unenlightened he is. Because family is meant to be challenging. It's meant to trigger us in our growth. And so use my two steps. First, if they don't feel good, pull back. Pull back for your own sanity. Do the healing you need to do so that you can then get reintroduced back into that that atmosphere and it not trigger you as much. And before we move on from this step, I think the one really important conversation to have around pulling back is boundaries. Yes. So what boundaries do you need to have in place around these people in order to support you in whatever you need? So for me, it looks like, you know, I'm headed back to Minnesota in a few days. Yeah. And my boundary for this trip that I have never implemented before is I've gotten a hotel and I'm staying with a friend for a few days and I got a rental car. And um, I'm not staying at my parents' house because I just can't, I just don't feel like that supports me. Yeah. And that's a hard decision for Brie. I mean, I've seen her go through a lot of thoughts and processes around what this looks like for her. And so I'm really proud of you for, for saying yes to the boundaries necessary for you to go home. And because I know you want to go home. You want to see your grandparents. You want it to be a good experience for you. Uh, and, and do it in a way where you can actually then leave and continue to feel good about yourself. So, yeah, boundaries is important. What friend are you giving too much permission to take over your time? A friend that may not be empowering you. How do you feel after you leave these conversations? And what boundaries do you need to put in place? Not saying that you need to cut people out. It does not have to be black and white. It does not mean that you just never talk to people again, especially if they're your best friends from 30 years ago. You know, we're not saying that. It's just honoring how do you really feel around this person? How can you make sure that this person has the proper boundaries so that you can stay in your zone of genius longer in your life. Yeah. And even if it's something like you're just unwilling to have a certain kind of conversation. Totally. Really just opening up and saying, you know, I love you and I love having you in my life. And 
I'm unwilling to have this kind of conversation with you any longer. So if you'd like to continue this relationship, I'd love to find different ways to connect, different things to talk about. But, you know, having this conversation over and over and over again is not supporting my highest level of growth. You know, for me, it's like hanging out with people from high school or college or whatever. And like Thais said, just reminiscing about old shit. I'm such a different person now. But going back and remembering all that stuff, and not to say that memories are bad, but going back and reliving and rehashing and re all of the things around all of like that time just isn't supportive of what I'm creating in the world. Yeah. So having boundaries around specific topics can help you keep people in your life, assuming they're willing. They might be unwilling. They might want to just live in the past. And if that's what they want, then you have to decide if it's if it's worth it to you to keep them in your life or if you're interested in having different conversations and different interactions with people. Yeah, I think that, you know, the the word that keeps coming back into my head again and again and again is isn't the selfish, isn't the selfish, isn't the selfish. And I have I have to continue to say it to you guys if you are feeling that as well, that it's not selfish. It's not selfish to put your needs first. It's not selfish to surround yourself with people that empower you. It's not selfish to decide that you have the control over who you allow in your life and who you don't allow in your life. That's not being selfish. That's being centered because your energy is important. And if you are using your energy in your work, if you are a service provider, if you are putting something out into the world that requires you to be in your highest place, bringing uh, surrounding yourself with people that keep you dragged down is only going to keep you down. This is not selfish. This is the most unselfish thing you can do for the world. And just like we said, it doesn't always have to look black and white. It doesn't mean cutting people off. It means having the conversation with yourself and with others. And I can't reiterate this enough either, is making sure that you are taking responsibility for why other people are triggering you. Because you can cut somebody out of your life and be like, oh my God, she's such a drama queen. I'm just never going to talk to her again. And then you cut her out. And then the next year, you make the same type of friend. Different name, different Mm -hmm. face. But she also is a drama queen. And then the next year, you make another friend. And she's also a drama queen. And you find yourself in this constant pattern of being in drama and being caught up in all this shit. Guess what, darling bun? (laughs) It has nothing to do with your friend. And it has everything to do with you. And you attracting that energy into your life. And so that's where you need to take a real self-assessment to see why you are allowing these people in. What energy is allowing this to unfold in your life. And where you need to do the inner work. One of my favorite filters... Um, for deciding who uh, is in my life and who isn't in my life is the idea that you are the product of the five people that you spend the most time with. So if you're looking at the five people that you spend the most time with in your life and you don't like this or you don't like that or, you know, this annoys you about them or whatever, um, it's likely because it's your shit. Yeah. And so if you're interested in becoming a different person or if you're interested in evolving who you are in the world, um, you first have to take a look at your own shit and then you have to decide who needs to be in your life in order to make that your reality. Yeah. So it's taking ownership of it internally before you look at the external things and then figuring out, you know, how... How do you build a support system around you to support? I just said support twice. Anyways, how do you build a system around you to support you in being 
this more evolved person. Yeah. So looking back at my friends from high school and college who I'm no longer really connected to in my life, although I take full responsibility for the behaviors and actions that have led me to losing them, I do have to say a lot of the lost friendships was looking back divine grace. It is grace that they're not in my life anymore because those people would have con- would have pulled me down in their spiral again and again. And it's almost as if by the grace of the universe or, or God, he pulled his hand and he goes, you know, what? I'm going to pull this person out because as much as you you think that their person is benefiting you, it is they're not benefiting you. So I'm going to pluck that person out of your life and, and put a void in there for you to fill it up with somebody better. And uh, so, again, it's not that I'm not taking responsibility. I totally acknowledge whatever happened happened. And I'm just so grateful that they're not in my life anymore. As much as I can reminisce and I can love them and I can send them all of my my love and my my humility and, and, and hope that they are living the best life that they can live, I don't have to do that and be in conversation with them. I can love them from afar. And when I do that, my goodness, then I can really be choosy about who I let in. And choose people like Brie and choose people like my mistress mind sisters and choose people that uh, empower me and excite me. And uh, you always have a choice. You always have a choice. And sometimes it's by divine grace. Sometimes it's just grace that, that ends the relationship and allows you to move forward in a bigger way. And so grieve the loss and uh, be excited about the future. So I've been feeling a lot lately like I have, <clears throat> I've been making some huge, like huge, massive up-leveling shifts in my life. You need to talk about the elevator. That's what I'm doing. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we're on the same page. Uh-huh. Um, so I've been, I've been experiencing a lot of change lately. I mean, in my business, in my personal life, I'm moving my apartment. I'm like, I am get, selling all of my belongings and refurnish. Like, I am changing everything in my life. And in the same time, I've really had these moments where I'm like, who can I even call in my life to celebrate these things with me? Like, who do I have on speed dial that I can actively, that can actively support me in that part of my life? And it's been kind of a hard conversation where I just, I feel like, you know, obviously Thais, but I, I haven't felt like I have a lot of really, really, really strong, solid, powerful people in my life that I can speed dial And uh, I was talking to a colleague a few weeks ago, and he shared with me this brilliant analogy that one of his mentors shared with him that talks about how as light workers, we're essentially on this like energetic elevator. And when you start at, you know, floor one, you get on, you have all these people on the elevator with you. And as you go up level by level, you know, maybe you're making more money and it makes a few people uncomfortable. So they decide to get off your elevator. And then maybe you have some like really high level public appearances and it makes some people uncomfortable and they get off your elevator and you go up and up and up and all of a sudden you look around one day and maybe there's only one or two people on the elevator with you. And as he and I were talking, I was like, holy fuck, that's like exactly how I feel right now. Like I have a a very few key people on my elevator with me. And I was like, you know, what do I do if I'm building this new support system around me that's helping me be, you know, a multi six figure woman in the world and building this like epic empire of of inspiration and all of these things in the world. And he said his mentor would tell him that, you know, you, you might go up a few levels with just one or two people in your elevator or you might be alone. Who knows? And then at some point 
you start resonating with people that are at the higher levels already and they start getting on your elevator. Mm -hmm. And it was so helpful to me to know that, you know, it's not going to be like this forever. I'm not going to quote unquote feel alone. And as much as I know that I'm not alone, um, it was just, it helped a lot. So for any of you right now that are facing this, that are feeling like, you're kind of in a lonely space and that, you know, a lot of people have kind of gotten off your elevator because they're uncomfortable with you embodying and being the light worker that you are in the world. Just know that it is temporary. And the more that you commit to this work and the more that you commit to up leveling and being expansive and shining your light and doing all of the amazing things you're doing in the world, more amazing people will be drawn to you and will join you on your elevator. Yeah, you have to be willing to do it alone. I got to admit, you have to be willing to do it alone. Not that you'll be alone forever, but part of um, transitioning is is knowing that it's part of the process. You know, you got to clear out the old before you can bring in the new. Yeah. And that may require you being alone for a little while. Um, And it's never permanent. There's so many brilliant people out there who are ready and willing to support you. You just haven't reached the level of vibrational frequency to match theirs yet. And... uh, I, I love that that analogy. Is that an analogy, a metaphor, whichever one it is? Crap. Yes, both. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, whatever it is, it, I, I love it so much because I think it gives context to to the growth and what it looks like to grow. And uh, I do want to say that part of uh, growth sometimes means not being able to get rid of people, and that includes our family. And, and not being able to get rid of them, I simply mean that they may really – bring up a lot of stuff within you that you don't like and you don't really want to surround yourself with them anymore but they're your family and unfortunately we can't choose our family and by that I mean we chose our family for a divine reason back at the soul level of existing Uh, and now in the human level of existing we sometimes feel like we don't get to choose and um, that's where we want to invite you to reconsider that you always have a choice of how much you allow them to affect you and impact you. And if you don't want to cut them out, that means you're making that decision that you don't want to cut them out. And that's a great decision if that's where you are at. And it means that you now have to take responsibility for what they trigger within you and do the work so that you can go back to them and not have them affect you. Mm-hmm. Because I am, I refuse to cut my parents out of my life. I adored them. They are my best friends. They are people I want to grow old together. Like I want to support them through their lives and I want them to support me through mine. And they have beliefs that sometimes don't align with mine. And they have points of views and they have way of doing things that are not aligned with me. And that's normal because they're human and they are entitled to their opinions as well. Even if I don't want to say yes to them. I don't have to go to the extreme of saying, well, then fuck you. I'm never talking to you again. What I do do, (laughs) what I do instead is I sit a lot with with what's coming up within me and honor the, the challenges and the triggering. And I come back to them and I come back again and again. And I say, in my mind, energetically, I give you space to be who you are without it impacting me and my life. And I kind of even imagine a bubble being wrapped around them. Whatever they say and do to me can't affect me because they're in a bubble that I've put them in. And I can love them and honor them and support them without giving them permission to come into my bubble and to affect me in my life. And so that may be a helpful vision for you to have as well if you're having challenges around people who you love and adore but may have skewed ideas of what you should do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, 
uh, ideally, when you do reach an enlightened state, uh, nobody can impact you or affect you because you don't give them permission to do so. But in order to get to that work, you first have to do your own inner work of why is that triggering you? And I keep coming back to that, guys, because or ladies, because this is the most important work. The world is not about what you're looking at. The world is about what's inside of you. That That's just a reflecting out. And the more you can do the work inside of you, the more you're going to reflect that out. And oh, oh, one thing I want to add, and I know Brie has some stuff to say about this because it's part of that elevator thing, is um, if you want a community of high-powered people around you, and you're just not sure how to get there or how to attract them into your life, it starts by you believing that you're worthy of them. Mm -hmm. And that it starts with you believing that you can attract that type of people into your life and yeah. that you, and then create space for that to happen. Yeah, I, uh, I met someone earlier this year. It was an introduction, and uh, we kind of met on a dating level. But <clears throat> aside from all of that, it, it totally ties in. He was a CEO. He had multiple employees. He owned an airplane. Like it was all these things. And inevitably, I had to take a step back and look at myself in the context of the whole situation because I kept having these things of like, I don't deserve to be, you know, hanging around with someone that owns an airplane. And I don't deserve to be hanging around with someone that you know, is this level of CEO and that has all these employees and like all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, you know, he was not the right person for me. And actually, I was not a huge fan of him as a person. But beside all of that, I had this huge awakening where I was like, holy shit, I don't see myself as being worthy of being surrounded by those kinds of people. And so it's interesting to even watch over the last three or four months the transformation of now I'm actively calling those kinds of people into my life. And it starts with me believing that I fucking deserve to be sitting at the table with them. Yeah. Like I fucking deserve to be hanging out with six and seven figure entrepreneurs that have 20 employees and yachts and like all of and, and it's all external bullshit. I totally get that. And regardless of what it looks like on the outside, it was that internal thing of, I don't deserve to be sitting with these people. Mm -hmm. I don't have a voice that is equally as powerful as theirs. And so like Thaisa said, it's about owning your shit first. Yeah. And the more that I've owned within myself that I do fucking deserve to be sitting at a table with those people. And I do fucking deserve to be on their speed dial and to know them and get invited to their things and you know, then it started drawing more of those people into my life. And so kind of relating back to the elevator metaphor, one of the things I've been doing in my meditations is calling in those people to join me on my elevator at yeah. an energetic level, because I know the more that I can, you know, energetically vibrate with that, the quicker it's going to present to me in my external world. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where I think Brie and I balance each other out a lot. Uh, because whereas my work is really focused on uh, the the healing stuff, she's really focused on the manifesting the future stuff. And so it's really cool when we get to work together and bringing our two perspectives. Not that I don't do hers or she doesn't do mine, but together we bring a really cool uh, perspective on life. And, and, and so, yeah, um, this conversation is so good. And I'm sure you can all relate to a time in your life where you felt like maybe the people you were surrounding yourself with are no longer the people you want to be surrounding yourself with. And 
uh, you know, we got to reiterate, it doesn't mean going black and white and ninja cutting people out of your life, but it does require you to ask the questions and to stop, stop living by default. Okay. Well, and I just want to, you know, and I just want to reiterate as well that you're not alone. Like you're not the only person that's experiencing this. No. I know, you know, we talked about this in the Coterie and I feel like some of the women had a little bit of shame bringing it up. Yeah. Like, what do you do when your friends aren't supporting you anymore. And uh, it's something that fucking all of us go through at some level. I was just there last night in yeah. a little Facebook rampage. I've been going through it actively for the last several weeks. And so just don't stop with the judgment if this is you. Like, if you're going through this, there's nothing wrong with you. You're no different than the, re you know, the rest of us that are experiencing this as well. And uh, just be easy on yourself and know that... What is it? The the cream always rises to the top. Yeah. And just just like Tice was saying, go through the the healing aspect of it. Figure out what you're willing to allow in your life in terms of relationships. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. And yeah. And really look at the shame. I, that's one of the things I've been really sitting with is that shame that I told you guys earlier I was experiencing around having no longer those people in my life and uh, I'm, I don't justify the shame there's no need to justify it I've just been really sitting with what what is coming up for me why is that existing in my heart what have I made it mean about me as an individual right so we can ex have an experience like you feel sad but that's not enough we also have to make it mean something like I'm a bad person because I feel sad and so removing all of that and just sitting with the loss and that's really what's going on here is that there is a loss. There's a grieving process that happens when we no longer have the people that once were so important to us in our lives. And it's heartbreaking. And whether that's an old relationship or our family or our friends, there is a real grieving process that is natural and must occur. And it's normal. It's human. We are social creatures. Our mind is programmed to be in social in a social space. And when we lose or disconnect from people that we thought were going to be our friends forever. It can be heartbreaking. It can make us feel inferior. It can make us feel uh, like we are a bad person because we didn't fight enough. And I want you to really trust this feeling of sadness and really sit with that sadness. And uh, you'll, you'll notice that it'll start to heal. Of course, it always does. And uh, the, the best part of that experience is that you become a better individual because you start to see... You start to be very precious with the people you allow in and heartbreak only leads to compassion and compassion for those that have gone and the compassion for the, for, you know, the, the people you may be supporting that is going through the same thing. It gives us wisdom. And so that's only when we sit with it though, and not numb ourselves out. So really yeah. sit with that sadness and allow it to be a, you know, just a part of the experience of, of being human. It's totally yeah. good. Yeah. Well, we good? I think we're good. Yeah, I think we covered a lot. Um, you know, this is, again, a universal conversation. And I know that there's so much of this that Brie and I haven't touched on. And, and this is something we will continue to talk about because... Yeah, maybe there will be a part two. Yeah, being an amplified, living an amplified life really looks like growth spurts yeah. and, and growing pains. That's the best way to put it. Growing yeah. pains. And, and just like we have to get rid of our genes that don't fit anymore. They served a purpose at some point. You know, sometimes we have to, to cut us off from people that no longer serve us. Yeah. And uh, it's part of living. It's part yeah. of life. And so thank you guys for listening in. Mm -hmm. We love you. As always, you can find us on Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, and All Instagram. of the socials. All of the social medias. 
at the Amplify Co. Feel free to share with us your experiences around this topic and let us know how it's affecting your life. And if there's any great takeaways that you have from this episode, we'd love to hear them and also then reshare them with our community. So uh, use hashtag be amplified. We'd yes. love to see it and support you. Yes. So until next week, go be amplified. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.